Good evening, friends. Welcome back to Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Uh, great. It, we're a good time to be alive, Dennis. I mean, <laughs> here we are talking about movies, video games, stuff, and we don't, you, neither you or I have the COVIDs or our nope. families. So, nope. got to be thankful for that. We, I listened to uh, our buddy Pat last couple of weeks. Wow. I think I can't remember. He he said he got tested when he was sick, and then it came back negative for for COVID. But man, mm-hmm. he's he is still on Tuesdays and Thursdays showing up and coughing has that that dry <laughs> cough bill, and it's it's bugging him. So I'm very fortunate. I'm glad that Pat does not have that, uh, or none of us do. Uh, it's good. It's, it's positive, right? Yeah, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. We don't we don't have we don't have a whole lot of movies, but I, I will say it's nice seeing occasionally things come out on Netflix or Amazon Prime or streaming stuff that occasionally i get the uh the new media that i kind of crave i wonder when that's gonna i wonder when that's gonna catch up to us like there's still video games trickling out here and there Mm -hmm. which i think still can keep going but i I keep thinking like man it's all gonna dry up and we're gonna hit that part where like for a year where we don't have anything right yeah yeah i mean there there's there is a lot of content you can create uh remotely right? Like animated things, uh, video games for the most part, but yeah, like live action shows and, and, uh, and movies and things like there's enough of a lead up, you know, in production time that, um, that stuff will happen. But like I get emails from my local, uh, beer theater. I probably mentioned this, but the one I got today, they're playing, uh, Wonder Woman. The, the, oh, wait, they the, are, they're, no, they're going to play Wonder Woman 84? No, 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 the first one. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa, I didn't so know they're, that. Okay. They're at, well, I almost said original, and I'm like, no, that's from way, back, way back, back in right, the right, 70s. Sure, sure. Uh, the first uh, Wonder Woman from okay. 17, okay. I want to say. I did uh, see that AMC has got some little advertisements going out that they're opening, too. So, And huh. on the on the second screen, they're showing Shrek. <laughs> right. Well. So, like, uh, and I, I think I said this last week or the week before, before they played Back to the Future and the first How to Train Your Dragon. They're just, you know, they're showing old movies because there are no new movies. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a little bit yeah. of a mixed about that because, uh, I, I've done some like soul searching and thinking and stuff about like, you know, especially since I went on a trip not too long ago and was on an airplane and, and, and I'm recognizing mm. places I go or, you know, me and my girlfriend go or something and what we do and how, how safe you feel or whatever. Um, you know, the big thing about, you know, how do you feel about being on a plane? Is that showing Mm -hmm. statistics and blah, blah, blah. What about staying in a theater next to people? Well, you know, I gotta be honest people. If you're, if you're going to, if you're sitting in a a restaurant inside right now, even at 50% capacity, that's, you're there for an hour, hour and a half. That's not much different than sitting in a theater, right? Is that right? Like, yeah, compared to theaters. I thought you were saying with planes. Like, oh, the, no, no, the to thing, theaters. The like, thing with planes is you could get, you know, they can install better ventilation and kind of thing. But being yes. in a restaurant for a half hour to an hour is nothing like being in the fart tube for like five, six, seven hours. Oh, sure, sure. All in the, in the tight, you know... Uh, um, <laughs> confined space yeah yeah i wouldn't want to it's funny that you call it that because that makes sense the the uh i wouldn't want to be like across internet intercontinental uh flights or anything but yeah, um, yeah. i the the comment it's like funny you said that the comment of fart tube is actually a really good <laughs> good thing to think about because that's also something i consider when i'm you know ruminating about all this is that 
you pass gas in a, an airplane, you actually don't smell it. You, you, otherwise, everyone right. would smell it all the time. It's like yeah. a huge thing. And if you, that's one of the things they talk about COVID, like, hey, spray this cologne or perfume. Do you smell it? Well, there's particles getting to you. But if you do that in an airplane, you don't because that's the way their filters work. And it's how good that stuff is. Yeah. The air, the like fans are blowing down like straight into the floor and, and yeah. whatever kind of uh, but, stuff. But the, the, the comment that was for like movie theaters for and theaters and we, and we are kind of, we this, talked about really theaters, filters, right? But yeah, we talked about theaters last week. Yeah. Um, and it's a yeah, it's a tricky kind of thing. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I am 100 percent in on compliance for for mask, yeah. you know, mandates. Yeah. I'd like, I would, I would love it if our culture got to a point where, like in in Eastern, you know, China and Japan, when people are sick themselves, when they just have like a cold or whatever, they wear a mask out so they're not breathing and sure, sure, coughing, sneezing on people. I I don't see our our uh, very self-focused culture ever that's getting to that point but yeah. uh yeah it is it is unfortunate, well, it's unfortunate for what I, you were just saying like it, it would be nice if we just kind of got over that and and before this honestly i would have been like no way i'm ever gonna do that but you know now that I've, i'm used to wearing a mask for a length of time period of time uh you know it's not that bad i can do that if i'm sick i can yeah I, yeah you know. but so for me i'm like i'm i'm you know I'm fine with all of that, but I don't really want to go sit in a theater for two hours uh, wearing a mask. And I also don't want to, um, you know, uh, uh, skirt that. Like, I don't want to wear the mask in and then take it off now that nobody's watching because I don't want people around me breathing on me either. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a funny uh, sort of time. But Right. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I know I personally won't be going back as much as I do lament uh the theaters i'm probably one of the biggest ones that i know besides fox who who uh who misses that yesterday i was um pulling out my sam's club card and i did and i and i brushed against the amc stubs card and um <laughs> and i showed sydney i pulled it out. i was like oh look at the saddest card in my wallet um and i also have the um the bucket the popcorn bucket for 2020 that i bought that gets you you know really mm. cheap popcorn and and it I can't use it, and I just look at it, and I'm like, oh, I like I like a Saturday afternoon. I'm one of those guys that likes a Saturday afternoon for a couple hours to sit in a dark movie theater. It's something that makes me. It's kind of like the we we've talked this on my show a lot. You know, it's your happy place kind of type thing. Is growing up, I the movie theaters were always a comfy, warm blanket to me, um, and and I you know don't have that comfy, warm, warm, happy place to go to. So it's a little sad. It's not mm-hmm. like it's the end of the world, and there's other things I can do about it. Um, so I, seeing them open back up is cool, but I just mm-hmm, don't know. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need that warm blanket that bad, right? <laughs> right, right. I did see uh, that some WalMarts are running uh, like drive-ins in their parking lot. Hmm. Um, That's cool. N- none of the ones near me, so I was, you know, just a yeah. passing interest. Though when I looked on the website of all their locations, doing everyone was listed like sold out. Right, because they have some kind of capacity restriction for you know keeping the cars spread out and and all of that stuff. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess. But, but I think I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but somebody said that that the the few drive-ins that still existed when this thing started have been doing really well. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> doing is, they're still they're still showing stuff, right? And they're um, they've kind of been showing it all. I, I don't know if they're doing gangbusters, and but they're showing old movies and, and things. And unfortunately, I haven't. Well, I don't know. I've gone to like two or three this this summer, and hmm. the worst part about drive-ins is 
why don't I ever remember them? Like I have one not that far away. I always forget. I think it's because you can't really start a drive-in movie until like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night in Indiana. It's yeah, it's late and it's not, the experience is not great. You're right. Right. It's like, not always it's, the best. It's fine, but depending on what kind of, like you have a convertible, so that is probably nice. It is a um, yes, for sure. But they're, they're yeah, playing the, tomorrow Caddyshack, by the way. I'm, I'm checking it out. Nice. Yeah. The, our, our theater showed Caddyshack a couple of weeks ago. The last time we went to the drive in, there's one about half an hour from us up here. And we went and saw back to back Zootopia and Jungle Book. Uh, oh, yeah. That, 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 those seem to go together. That's, that's a thing. Yeah. Sure. The other screen was showing, like, I don't know, Ted and Deadpool or something like that, that I would have kind of rather been watching but i was there with uh you know some of my brothers and sisters and uh my um, brother david's wife and her family all her siblings are younger than her so we had all these kids with us we obviously weren't gonna watch anything rated r um the the biggest unfortunate about that experience was that the screen was not really bright enough for jungle book like jungle book has Mm -hmm. a lot of it's the live action quote-unquote jungle book and it has a lot of kind of dark shade like you know it's the jungle thing with like the snake and when, when all did that you stuff start and, when did the movie start for you was it was it fully dark yet uh for that it might have been zootopia first i don't remember okay um wow, but so it was makes- it was almost dark but you know it's, it's an old you know yeah old drive-in probably not not oh, very probably doesn't have like the brightest projection the- projectors projector. you know that right. that stuff wears out and yeah i forget whatnot right, yeah I, I know that for for hours uh i think they upgraded to digital not too many years ago and mm-hmm. um when it, it doesn't even take like 15 minutes after the movie starts and then it's it's just like it's very clear you don't even notice the backboard it's really really well done mm-hmm. at the, that first 15 20 minutes of the movie the dark scenes don't look so great but uh, it's really 100% once once that, so it's not a big deal. Uh, now, this, right the sound is obviously different, and the, you, know, you yeah. can't really move very well because um, you're in a car. Or, oh, right, right. Uh, but yeah, good, um, uh, you know, hope, hopefully system. the drive-ins continue to do well, but I don't know. It's still, it's still, I think the fact that there's nothing new playing at them is still kind of a, a thing. But we're getting some. I... I uh, Video games, I sure will. I'm sure we'll keep keep plotting along on normal releases and and whatnot. But the the movies are are you know we're, we're going to get uh, the Black Widows and we're going to get. I was thinking about that the other day, like Marvel movies, right? We, we you and mm-hmm. I talked at the end of last year, like, well, they're 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 going to take a break, or it was maybe mid last year, like they're going to slow down, give the the time between Endgame and the next phase just a, a good breather. Like now they're going to have a super long breather, right? Right, you, right. Not not so much take a break, but like you know, it's knowing that it takes a certain amount of time to make a movie, and I'm sure it took them a lot of time to make these last two. I mean, uh, um, Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, um, that it would be some time before they had some new, some new exciting story. Yeah, and um, and you know, I was what what made me think about that is was the Star Wars thing. It's like you know. We had a long time discussion. Many people have before about how when Star Wars was throwing out a movie, like two movies a year, one time at one point, 
and numbered movies every year. That was too much. That was overload. That wasn't done well or whatever. And and they were gonna they're gonna we know they're gonna come out with another movie, Star Wars movie. But we all agreed that after nine, that like okay, it's time to take a little bit of a breather. Wait for like three years or something. But like if they if they're not even going to start planning for another year now. We're not going to get a Star Wars movie for like five years instead of three. Right, right. right. Well, again, just thinking of like what you can do with with people remote. Like you can do a lot of the early, you know, you can do writing. You can do storyboarding. Yeah. Um, right, but they'll, they'll only be able to produce so many, right? So you're right. They'll, they'll have, I bet you there's going to be a glut of scripts and uh, you know, things presented and totally viable stuff. But when they start production back up, whenever that, who knows whenever that is, they're still only going to be able to, you know, companies, production companies are going to make so many. Um, it's fun. I was going to, I was going to jump into um, video games because you said something about video games, but yeah. the, the, this question idea of, of preparing and breaking stories, that's a, that's a term and expression that I, it I don't think I had never heard it, but did not really understand it until um, I've picked up and and not oh I don't know how to say this, but I picked up a new, a new podcast and I'm not listening to every episode. I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but it's called Story Break. Okay, and it's three uh, writers, like Hollywood writers, or I don't know if they're all in Hollywood, but they're writers, um, like screenwriters. That's what, I knew there was a word. A term that I wanted to use and they are given a topic or pick a topic in some way and there are three of them and they have to um break the story of a movie it's it's a term they use for they're going to get all the high points they're going to get the outline and a like summary right like a the summary that you would see on the back of a dvd or you know in a trailer kind yeah. of thing um, and it's it's very entertaining. Like I listened to one they did about um, Doctor Mario, right? They're <laughs> okay. like, what if they're? And it was I listened to it pretty closely around the time when we watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, that terrible movie. Terrible. Movie. Um, but anyway, I didn't I didn't bring that up to say that. Um, I read just within the last week, I think that um, um, CBS has broken most of the episodes of um strange new worlds is it strange new worlds oh yeah. it's always what what i want to say the the christopher pike anson mount yeah uh, uh star trek series right. and those they've are probably confirmed right now yeah well, i mean by now they could have more of those stories fleshed out but they had so like they broke the story which means they have like the outline of the episode already done um and they are going for a episodic story of the week kind of um which kind we, of format we, we, which we kind of wanted we were hoping for right yeah i mean after you know after enough after seeing enough of the like battlestar galactica's and and uh you know star trek discovery I mean, was Hale this discovery way, and like, picard right yeah. discovery and picard both i'm like or you know i've been i'm very i'm one episode away from finishing uh um agents of shield after a while i'm like uh can i just like sit and watch one episode like two nights ago i watched um measure of a man that uh next generation episode where yeah. uh they put data on trial that's oh, where yeah, yeah. i th i don't 
I don't know if this was on the sh- on the podcast you mentioned this, but that's where the character of Bruce Maddox yeah, is introduced. He's guy, a yeah. he's a mythical character in um in Star Trek Picard. The, the I, fact that those that's the same character and I never put that together like that makes Picard better. Like just knowing yeah. that, right? If that's yeah. the same character. Um and, we can and I want to watch it now and see when what, what without spoiling it what in what becomes of him in Picard mm-hmm. uh, it'll probably make it better for me. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, and you can go on uh the the Star Trek wiki is called Memory Alpha, which is the fictional like uh um mega library of Starfleet in the Star Trek universe and so of course their wiki uh was called Memory Alpha. Um and they have everything right like whatever character you look up it's every episode of every show that they appeared in and you know that's how series you know people listening to the show might think that i am a big trekkie star trek fan um but, <laughs> but i've never there. submitted any content to memory alpha like there are serious Those hardcore people, yeah. they know, you know everything people. about everything um uh, the, the speaking of the episodic stuff we we are getting a little bit of feed with that and, and joy in that with the lower decks series. That's there's yeah, only two that's, out so I was, far, but I was going to say, <laughs> that's funny. You, you, you interjected my, uh, um, segue. Cause I was mm-hmm. going to do say the same thing, except from the angle of, um, all the little, I don't even know if Easter egg is the right word for it, but, um, yeah, we watched the, the second episode of, um, of Star Trek Lower Decks. And it's pretty great because they come out at like 3 a.m. on Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, which And you spoiled is, it and watched it ahead of time. Jerk. I was I was up super late because we've been playing Final Fantasy. But mm-hmm. I saw it, you know, come out of my notifications. And I'm like, I, I want to watch it right now. But, I, <laughs> you know, I watched it again. It was fine. Um, it totally is one of the things you can watch I, again. I watched yeah. it at 3 a.m. I did not remember the details really the next day. Um, they're so bite-sized and, and, and peppy. Yeah. So. Because we're doing, because we're still doing Thursday night movies. Um, we've watched the first two episodes on our, like either in between our movies or before we start, uh, um, the movie night, which is, which right. is also pretty great. We can kind of enjoy the laughing, you know, at all the little, all the little jokes and the name drops and, you know, you know, after, um, after two episodes, I, I am becoming more and more confident in in describing this or selling this show to people as um Futurama Star Trek. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, it it is as I watched it last week, um I kind of had that in my head the whole time. I'm like, "Oh yeah, all the transitions feel like Futurama. The the mm-hmm. the quick jokes constantly flowing. The the, the pacing of the jokes. I always uh when I'm trying to describe uh Futurama and the pace of its comedy, I always describe the first episode when he gets to the future and Fry does something wrong and, you know, the cops find him and they pull out the nightsticks, like the, like, um, Billy club, whatever you want to call that. And they start beating him with it, but the nightsticks extend like a lightsaber, but they still work like clubs. Like they're not, they're not cutting him up and it's probably not funny to, joke about police brutality now but <laughs> right, right. of course the, this is like 20 years ago the show which also wasn't funny then but um you know they're they're doing and they're beating with what look like lightsabers and uh leela goes officers please there's no need to use force 
and the show just keeps going like the just enough and then it's the next scene like bender shows up or something you know i don't remember what happens after that but it's just this quick joke and if you miss it you missed it there's a a line in um the second episode of lower decks right where they're they're interact they're being mugged uh uh by a ferengi which is you know kind of funny in itself right. but he he pulls a, a knife or something on him and says give me all your profit not which right. is, it's not a thing any mugger would ever say but if you watch star trek you know that you know ferengi are are unapologetic um um capitalists and so they they worship profit basically then not literally well i mean they sort of do their yeah. their heaven is like a bank or something <laughs> but and so you're like oh it's it's fun, but like you can't steal profit. That's not how words <laughs> right. work. But it's just a you know a quick little joke, and then they're and then they're on with the scene. And so if you're if you know that stuff and you're paying attention uh, to it, you catch you know even like I said, I watched it twice, and then on the second viewing, I caught stuff that I missed the first time. Yeah, and and it, it is it's hard to say. I know you're you're firmly in in the the standpoint of or the belief that it's it's for Trekkies and and not for anybody else, and and I'm I'm starting to feel that way. I keep wanting to have hope that I, I think that everyone could I could tell it to anybody to watch it because it's funny. But though there are just so many layered jokes that that the mm-hmm. make it that hit 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 is because of that. Like when when he's going through town, every alien he sees is some kind of usually throwback when he gets the Andorians and stuff like that in the, the Ferengi. It's all in jokes. The whole Klingon general thing is all inside jokes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, gawk, and they talk about worms, you know, give give the man his worm food or something like hot, that. Hot, that probably would make no bowl sense. Of hot worms. Yeah. Bowl yeah. Of hot worms. That would make no sense or not be like, just totally blow over somebody's head. Had they not watched any Star Trek. So, yeah, I I can't probably this goes on and I'll watch it again. I bet you it is just like, okay, this is for my Star Trek people, which is just fine. I really enjoy it because of those things. And I hope that they can keep doing it. I also really like in two episodes, they have that cyborg guy. It's like this side story that's always happening with him. Mm-hmm. And well, that's a, and that's another classic uh, Trek sort of format where there are always at least two storylines. Yeah, not always but right. usually and that's that was great right they've done that twice and like this i, I don't know if they'll mix them up with different people but um obviously there's only two episodes but i i like that there's this whole like main what you might i'm doing air quotes main story and then the side story with this guy who is just like really great like the i wish i could remember his name but it's the cyborg guy he's just great right like he's good at everything he does every every interaction he has with somebody with people are like positive you know Mm -hmm. and they even joke in that in this second episode where they're like everybody looks at him like ensign so and so that's great how are that's really happy for you you know (laughs) i'm like oh yeah that's a that's a like that was a deeper more meta kind of joke and i don't know if i would have appreciated it the same like three or four years ago before we talked about star trek so much and did um you know klingons and dragons to think Mm -hmm. about but like he's gonna he's very good at engineering and he's gonna switch departments and there's this moment with ominous music where you think that the the um chief engineer is gonna is gonna be upset is gonna be met but he's not he's like that's great that's awesome i hope you do and i'm i I laugh because like ah that's that's classic star trek starfleet like nothing 
nothing internally, nothing inside the Federation ever goes wrong. Like it's a it's a shining beacon of of optimism and positivity. You know where we we yeah. you know live in peace, infinite diversity, and infinite combinations. Uh, that's not. And, that's and he seems to be that character Vulcans, seems to but, be living in that that universe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which is fantastic. Like, and everything he does. Remember the first episode, same thing. He's like a hero as he goes through this, like, warring stuff and he's having a date and everything just is still conflict around him, but he still, things are positive and good. And, mm-hmm. and, and then it just ends in, there's a moral kind of a lesson that happens. You're like, this is just so great. Right. Um, and I hope that they just keep that character with that same kind of thing where he's, it always just works out for him. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm really digging. It's only two episodes in, but it's episodic like you were talking about. I can watch it for 30 minutes. I get a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good stuff. And it feels like it's packed full of stuff, but never feels like it's too long or too short. Right. Um, and, and I and I, I love the humor. And the characters and the actors are just great. They've got one dude in it that seems like a, a sad sack, the main character. But he's intentionally supposed to be that way. Right. But he's not sad sack. He's He's trying to be like he's on the TV show. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to even compare him to. But he's, he's very, um, he's very extra. Like, it's a good way to describe him is that he's, he's trying to be a character from Star Trek. But I mean, he's in Star Trek, so it's a weird way to say it. But like, he wants to be Sulu or or Chekhov. Yeah, you know. Um, he, he wants where, to be those guys that are actually on the bridge right now, right? Where like the the engineer guy is kind of he's he's a little bit like O'Brien, but not as not as sad. He's he's very happy to be an extra. That dude's happy to be on. Lower he's Dex. happy to be a to be a small character. He's like, um, boy, I don't know if there were. I'm sure there were characters like this, but like like Jordy, a little bit. Them, sure, that's not yeah. that's not even the right uh not not really ambitious right they're not they're not ambitious yeah people. so like i compare him to to o'brien because o'brien is this like you know steady you know every man kind of just just gets his gets his work done uh every day but the writers of, of deep space nine sort of used that as a as a license to just do awful stuff to him at least once <laughs> right. a season, uh, right. which so far they haven't done. Although, I mean, the whole story in episode two of him, like going through all those departments was a little bit of that, like sort of abusing this, this nice character for comedic effect. Well, it, uh, it, so was the first episode. Remember it was the whole like love thing. It was like, yo, you want him to end up on a wonderful date and falling in love. And then at the end it's like, nope, not, not, not for me or it's not going to mm. work out or something, you know, it still mm-hmm. didn't. Wasn't necessarily perfect, I guess, but yeah, I it's right. he's I like him a lot with a smile. I also, how do you not like what actually is the main character, which is the the um, main girl that's always um, like the captain's daughter? Spoiler. Mm. You, you know, what I'm talking about who's always like been court martialed like four times and has all the experience and stuff. Like she is right. freaking cool, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, I love her, like, I don't care to be kicked out of Starfleet stuff kind of mentality. Because she's already been kicked out, like, a bunch of times. It makes you wonder how far up the ranks she actually was, right? And what, mm-hmm. what her whole backstory is. When she has the relationship with the Klingon dude, that's just great, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's so great. 
that's another that's another kind of what I think of as a little bit of a classic Star Trek trope where you have a an otherwise normal seeming character who has some kind of affinity with a race like the Klingons, like uh Dax was that way because of the, oh, the right. yeah. Trill symbiote thing. Um Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all so good. so here's a weird transition, but it, it I'm transitioning intentionally because it kinda is a thing. Uh, to go from happy to very serious on our 2020 challenge coming up here there were two star trek alums that i was surprised yep. to see yep. in our next one so Avery. let's talk about that and we can actually say uh, those yeah. people yeah let's do it all right this week we watched the drama that's that's the only tag for this 100 uh, just drama n- right yeah a ni- 1998 uh tony k um starring edward norton um american history x and, and leading in our two star trek alums are yeah uh um avery brooks and uh jennifer lian and and those two uh, are star trek who do they play with their star trek guys uh commander slash captain cisco from deep space nine and uh, one of my favorites from Voyager, uh, Cass. Yeah, and this is the only other thing besides Voyager that I've seen her in, mm. my, myself. Um, yeah. So right away when she starts talking, I'm like, oh, that's, holy cow, that's Cass right there. Right, right. right. I mean, she's yeah. definitely not the Cass character, but like her face and her yeah, the way she, she has talks a, is unmistakable. She has a kind of distinctive voice. And so, yeah. Right. Uh, so this is a drama, and... Um, the setup for this is it's, um, talking about, um, I guess what's called urban skinheads or not neo-Nazis, right? Yeah. Uh, white supremacists during right soon, right after the, the, um, Rodney King riots Mm -hmm. and the Rodney King Mm -hmm. trial in America. So it's kind of sets based around that. And this is a, so it's a story of, of a person that goes through that gets, is who's a big, huge leader, powerful speaker in it, in that movement, and then goes to jail. And it's his, how his younger brother follows in his footsteps. The guy comes out of jail. And then you have the story kind of after that. Um, right. So let's roll into spoilers. Cause I don't know how to talk about this without. Spoilers. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say much more than that i mean i can read the description on imdb it says a for a former neo-nazi skinhead tries to prevent his younger brother from going down the same wrong path that he did which which that, that kind of feels even like a spoiler to me because i i didn't it, read that it before. kind of is like i i there were points where i was not sure like what was happening even though i've seen this before it's been years years and years so uh, i'm gonna hit the bell here so yeah uh Edward Norton, I, I mentioned last week when we were talking about prepping, not prepping, but like at the end of the last show we talked about, it, I was mm-hmm. like, I, Ed Norton's always mixed for me. I don't know how I, I don't really tend to care for him, but he's okay. He's, he's he popped up a lot. One. He's popped up a lot on this poster. I mean, not a lot, a lot, but more than like you would Spielberg. Think, right? But uh, yeah, we saw Fight Club that he was in and yeah. we saw, um, um, Actually, you know what? I'm I'm confused because he was in The Illusionist, and that was not on the poster. That was oh, the one right, that yeah. I pitched who, who, before we started. Who's, the who's in Memento? Who's the main character in that one? Um, um, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Okay, so not not yeah. Uh, 
I, yeah, I just, he, he was good in this. He was, he was good. It's weird because he was better. Oh, now we're fully in spoilers. He was better, had better acting and was more powerful roles when he was the beforehand neo-Nazi, the before. Sure. Yeah. He plays, he plays a good, like, not villain. Well, I mean, he definitely is a villain. Yeah. Um, but smart villain or, or yeah. Yeah. Like he convincing villain. He, he seems to, and I don't know, I'm making a kind of general generalization here, but, um, he seems to do well in a kind of, in that kind of villain, uh, role. I mean, in the illusionist, he was a villain, right? And he was kind of sympathetic villain. I think he was the villain. I'm just paying a lot. I get that a little bit. I mean, he's, up. He was both the protagonist and the villain. It was kind yeah, of right. strange. So, yeah. Um, so, he... So weird we, that we, these movies... It, by the way, those are listeners here. We did not pick uh, both Boys in the Hood two weeks ago and uh, American History X based on uh, timely matters in the world. We don't, as we say multiple times, we don't necessarily try to delve into politics, even though this is a clearly big thing that America is wrestling with in the last summer, if always forever, but even more so now. We did not pick that based on this. It's just kind of the way it fell on our, our schedules and stuff. Uh, but it is weird that we did watch. I think this is another the other side of the coin to Boys in the Hood, right? Both of them terrible in their own ways and also telling tragic stories based on the same kind of thing, which I think the underlying message of both of those is like, Hatred and poverty leads to these terrible behaviors, right? Sure. There's yeah. a lot more to it, but those are two major central things. And then how race in the middle of that, you know? It, and, yeah, it becomes like a, um, what's the word for this? Uh, like a, like a totem or a, um, like a straw man. I don't know. There's a there's a word used for this where like the problem the problems and the and the struggle the like the underlying thing is something else and they just or like a scapegoat maybe that's a little more overt. Like it's something you know, that you can you, rally, that people rally behind that get people to rally around. The the classic, you know, um um typical example people use is is pre war uh you know, national socialism, Nazis. Um yeah. Or the like, you know, you took people who had, you know, just, you know, a generation prior lost the Great War, um, and you you give them this scapegoat, you give them this excuse. There's a um, original series Star Trek episode about that where they go to the planet that is like Nazi Germany, and their their version of, uh, you know, the Jews is another alien race they're like from another from the neighboring planet um but it's the same thing like you give them a common enemy and now they can you know everybody works harder everybody works together they put aside their differences and and all that kind of stuff except that you're uniting people around fear and hate so it's not uh it's not sustainable exactly and and uh both I just couldn't see when I was talking, thinking about this movie, I, I couldn't not mention boys in the hood several times with it watching one. It was fresh in my mind that we walked about it and, and boys in the hood. We, we made the comment that it, it doesn't, it doesn't speak a lot 
intentionally to to like it doesn't point out white people and the, how the white people you know are in that they're not a major part of this one unlike american history x where african americans are a major role and and the other it's being portrayed in here but i could when i watched boys in the hood there wasn't a white person or white people represented in there to tell kind of like sympathetic or talk or to it wasn't even about that right but here right. now you're seeing like poor white people in poverty in i think this was even in la right i think this is where this took place uh venice beach so right, it's, which is it's in adjacent. los angeles yeah so so it's it's in that in a neighborhood within los angeles and now you're seeing that part and from that perspective and it, again unlike boys in the hood where you're sympathetic to the people in American History X, you are not sympathetic to these crazies. I'll flat out say crazies. Yeah, um, I mean, you. It's it's revealed later in the story. So I was going to say this earlier when you said the combination of of hate and poverty, and poverty is part of it. But I think it's really about uh, maybe. And of course, this is me, a little bit armchair psychologist. But um, any kind of like trauma or just extreme like strain and stress and and the stress is almost too too light of a word so like compare um because i don't i mean i guess the characters in this movie are living in poverty but you don't really you don't really see too much of that in a minute you don't see them like you know doing things to um uh, because of that right like in a story if you see a story where characters are living in poverty it's usually um some kind of uh framework for for them engaging in illegal activity right sure like like they're like they're, they're they, hungry they, they start they bank robbery, so right? they start dealing or yeah. you know they can't make things so they they start working for the, you know the local mob boss yeah or he, here or here he just here the guy just he he says it like he, he makes a big speech a lot of rousing speeches at the dinner table where he says like he talks about the tired and the poor and and we can't take them because um we're tired and poor and hungry and can't make it right we right. saying the he's mentioning the white people right and you and you find out you find out toward the end that i mean you know you find out early on that that um, their dad dies. Um, he gets. Yeah. It's, is he? Is it? He's a fireman, and he gets shot. He gets shot. You're right. He's saving someone, like trying to put out the fire of an African American's house. Yeah, it's something. It's something like that. And you find out. Color. Right. Yeah, you find out later in like in the third act, you get a flashback that shows how the dad was racist. Yes. Not, not, you know, he doesn't really seem, and that's a whole weird thing about like relative, uh, speak, you know, people who still have kind of re relatively low level, uh, racist ideology will see something like this or, or talk to people who are actual white supremacists and say, no, they're racist. I'm not racist. Or right. It's, right. It's not, it's not quite that. Right. The, the dad white, was not a neo-Nazi skinhead right but the dad was not a was was racist. not a white supremacist but he had no time he was he was very against affirmative action which is its own whole thing but to the point of like really believing 
you know, to an extent, like just in rhetoric, like just in talk at the dinner table, um, really believing some of these racist uh, principles and and then saying them casually to his family, saying them casually. And then when when he gets killed, the combination of that seed and the trauma of him dying, him being killed and then cultivated by this nefarious um, mentor figure, uh, Cameron. Yeah. Um, you know, created this. And, and of course, um, in this character, Edward Norton's character, who is, you know, very intelligent, very capable, very charismatic, um, gets these influences into his life at, at the, you know, the right place and time at an impressionable age. And he just latches onto those and then is able to express himself fairly eloquently in this just, just so hate filled, um, um, ideas and, and beliefs that he, you know, from all appearance, like wholeheartedly believes and embraces. Yeah. Right. And, and again, he's because he's so, He's so emotional. And, and you see a lot of these younger people. I'm not saying they're, all the movement are always younger people. But when you see gangs, you know, of different colors, of anything, you know, of any ethnicity or race, most mm-hmm. of those are comprised of younger people from, you know, teenagers to early 20s. Right. And they say, oh, you don't make it past 20 because you're they're crazy. They're full of hormones and emotions <laughs> and they just got to go, go, go. Right. And, and right. that's what. And so no matter what you are, you latch onto a thing, you're super impressionable, you've got you've got those seeds, and then it just bursts and your emotions control everything. And it is everyday, all day emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and so from from this guy planted those seeds and stuff like that. It's it's kind of like the, the message. I actually thought that scene with his dad at the in the third act was really, really great. Right. It yeah. was the because because I grew I grew up with what I would not consider racist people. But I also know that there, while they didn't go to the extent of what the dad said, like the dad actually used the N word at the end bit of his little talk. Yeah, there. yeah. I, I still, I still, as he was at the dinner table, had those like side, those kind of side words he said, like, "Oh, what's wrong with no, the normal books? Why do we have to show these books? Or you have to read these books, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just you know those kind of disparaging remarks are racist remarks." They're rooted in racism. Absolutely. They're rooted in, yeah. in, 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 you know, I think ours is better than you. We just keep the thing that's always better. Not under, it's, it's not, in, I don't want to say not intelligent, but it's not wisdom. Like, I don't, the reason we, we diversify isn't because we're putting other people down. It's because we are recognizing that other things have not been equal or are we don't know enough about those. And it's, it's better because of learning those. And it's a racist remark he makes. Because he is just trying to keep things as it is and not recognizing that stuff. And I know having adults when I was a kid, that those things were very, very normal. And they did not see them as racist, but they are. Right. right? And and because of that, I can see how that perpetuates further on. So me as a parent have to be very aware that I am of the things that I just casually say um, that I'm because my kid is going to just have that. They're going to just kind of see that in the background and they just take it as you're an adult. You know all this, right? You're you're yeah, giving me I words mean, of wisdom. I trust you. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't get you don't get the sense that um that Derek and Danny's father wanted to turn them into neo-Nazis, turn them For into sure. white supremacists. Right. He had these things that he believed and he just shared them. He was like, "Hey, just just watch out, like take care of your own kind of, you know, don't let uh, you know, don't, don't, don't embrace this, like make sure that you, and it was just a thing that he believed and he just said, and then because of these events, um, you know, caused this, uh, caused this outcome. And then the same kind of, you know, thing we talk about domino effect or whatever, like once, uh, Edward Norton's character goes to jail, um, you see the process repeating itself with the brother. Like that's the whole sort of, um, that's the main story of the movie. And yeah. you get the same, like, even, like, after uh, Derek goes through his um, his experiences in the prison that you don't, you also don't get until the end. So you're right that the description on IMDb kind of gives away a little bit of it because for a long stretch of the movie, nobody is sure, including me as a viewer, like yeah. where uh, the the Derek character, Edward Norton's character is like, who is he now that he's out? Like, right. is he the not, same? Not until every, he, he confronts every, Cameron. Do you finally get that in the second act? Yeah. And that, and that takes a little while. Right. And so um, he had no intention for his brother to follow in his footsteps as it were. Yeah. Um, but, but he does like his father died. His his older brother was his, you know, idol, right? That that happens, especially you know when 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 uh, brothers lose a father, right? The older brother can become a kind of father uh, uh, surrogate for the younger, um, and and so he just took those things and not because he's not the same kind of person as his brother right it was not as like overt and eloquent and and stuff like that it was a little more not passive but a little more sulky right like he goes along with uh the principal who that's uh avery brooks character um cisco it's bob sweeney i think is his character's name yeah dr sweeney yeah he he um by the way, he has what I think is, I, I got to say this on the show officially, I think is the best line in the whole show. It's when Dr. Sweeney comes in and talks to him in prison and he says, you're asking the wrong questions, which is, which is a, you know, that's a normal thing people say. Sure. You're asking the wrong questions. Sure, sure. But then what he says is the question you should ask is, has anything you've done made your life better? Right. And, and that is the one that really hit Danny hard or Derek, sorry, hit Derek hard. And it, um, no, it's yeah, Derek, it hit Derek hard and mm-hmm. it should hit you hard too. It should hit that with all your hate, whether it be with this white supremacy thing, whether it be race or whether it be you're mad at work and you're angry at the person, your neighbor or whoever it is. If you can ask yourself, has anything you've done made this better? You should ask that question, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and when you step start and think about that, has 
what I've done with this whole mask thing, get whatever political, not too political mm. here, but like with the <laughs> coronavirus mask thing, whatever, have what I've done by not wearing a mask, by uh, doing whatever, by yelling at Walmart or at Kroger or yelling at the person that comes out, has that made life better by doing that? Has this yeah. solved or, the problem that you're that you're upset about? <laughs> that you're know? upset about? Or or the flip side of it, if you're going to go yell at people who don't want to wear masks, like is that, yes, are you changing absolutely. anybody's mind? Are you, you know, you spend all afternoon on Facebook arguing with them? Are you... Are you Correct. helping anybody? Are you are you even yeah, are you even making a positive uh, uh, impact on your own life? Yes. That's I, I'm really glad you said that because uh, it, it is it it plays both ways definitely, especially in our world climate with all of things and it's not just with race or with masks. It with it can be with politics, it can be with anything. If you ask what you're doing, is it making your life better or is it making what you're doing? The situation is what you're doing right now, making it better. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. that was a really, really big line that I thought was really great. Um, and if you can ask your question, that question of the, the, the thing you're struggling with right now in life or whatever, mm -hmm. search that, right. Search for that answer. What's the answer to that? What can I do here to make it better for me? Right. And, and yeah. when he, uh, when, uh, Derek starts asking that question, he doesn't have, he doesn't have any answer. What does he say? No, I think, or he starts, that's when he starts crying or breaking down. Um, mm. that all kind of falls away for him. Right. Um, so it's a powerful movie. I don't have, it's hard to talk about because it's, it's all wrong, right? It's, yeah, everything with it is is filled with hate, hopelessness, uh, and it's the same feelings I kind of had with um, Boys in the Hood of, of that mm -hmm. you know, oh my God, it's a terrible. Whether we talk about the the Boys in the Hood characters or Derek's characters having a worse life, that's not necessarily a thing. In their perspective, they're having a terrible life. Yeah, right? yeah, um, it's um. Uh, you know, so we're not weighing one against the other, just saying yeah, in their yeah. perspective, they're living in misery. And, we'll do, and... we'll do, we'll do final judgments here. I think for me, um, this is, this is another one that falls into the category of, um, a movie you should watch. And I've said this before, my, my subcategories for that are a movie you should watch as a movie as, you know, significant in the history of film or as yeah. a as a piece of art or something like that um versus uh movies that you should watch as a human being as a person um mm -hmm. this this one falls into the latter it is not fun or entertaining or yeah. you know uh, a recreational which a you know a lot of movies are the you know the ones that make the most money are things like live action disney re remakes <laughs> but yeah right. um you know that you're entertained that you're entertained film which seems film to is be a, my favorite film kind is of a movies. yeah film i mean and i think it is for most people right like you, right. most of the time you don't necessarily want to be challenged and and made to think and reflect on uh things in your own life or things in the world or or anything like that but a film is an art form and art has the power to transcend you know words alone and 
cause, uh, you know, mental, emotional, psychological uh, reactions and reflections on concepts and ideas, right? Like, yeah, that's, I, I'm, I, I, I'm speaking I like... in the abstract, uh, but I think, I think this is one of those, just like the others we've seen, just like Boys in the Hood, just like City of God. Um, maybe, maybe know what you're getting into, but it's all, it's all ve- very well made in terms of getting its its message across such as it is yeah i um i'm i'm mixed on this one like i am with all these ones i'm i appreciate you saying things like you know watch a movie because it makes you a better human being um i almost kind of want to chunk out those kind of movies as like their own list well into their own list right and and because it does fit in a top 100 the movies that i would recommend to people to watch before they pass away from this world um from the standpoint that it would make you a better person. Um, but, but it's weird to kind of put that, put those movies on the same list with like Batman and, yeah, and yeah, Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and, and if I say that too, there, there's, if I say that that's a thing, then, then all of a sudden I'm adding a whole bunch more movies onto the list. Right. Like, because sure. there's, there's a lot of historical movies, uh, Centennial or some might even say like the Patriot or things, things that like give you perspective of wars or that time and period. Heck, the dictator actually is probably would fit into this right category. Yeah, you should watch yeah. it because of things. So if we could put those to the side and say, I mean, it's real. We, you and I've always struggled about what this, this list is. Um, it's very broad. Uh, if it had, if this hundred bucket list had to include movies that will all, improve you to learn something as a human being then yeah i probably would put this on my on my top 100 list because it it does i I think boys in the hood probably is more powerful to it um but this one does have some some kind of the other side of the coin or uh, i didn't want to give it that i don't even give it that kind of (laughs) righteousness because i don't think it deserves that um Mm. but uh, because i think that or sympathy sympathy i guess you'd say I, i don't think that the the message of white supremacy and neo-Nazis have any kind of grounding in sympathy whatsoever. Uh, right. But besides hate and anger, um, as opposed to people who live in poverty and uh, gang stricken worlds have a lot more, sim- should have a lot more sympathy than. Of than course. Media. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. Uh, the final judgment on this is this definitely fits in a, if we didn't have to worry about age and violence and stuff should be shown in uh, a school. Mm. Right. In, in, a, in a social studies class, mm-hmm. along with Boys in the Hood and other kind of type movies about civil war or whatever, this could fit well in a social studies class. Yeah. Studying social stuff. Um, right. And, and if we're going to if I'm going to include movies that are socially relevant goods that teach you something in a top 100 this would fit in, in a recommendation thing. Do I want to, do I want to tell somebody that. uh you know, Saturday afternoon, I want to watch something entertaining. No, probably not this, <laughs> right? No, you're not this one. You're not going to walk away from this one feeling like you were super entertained. You're going to walk away from this one and, and maybe have some things to, to, to think about and maybe be a better person of, but you're not going to necessarily be entertained. By the it. the thing, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the thing that keeps me from fully, like, splitting out lists into into these different sort of meta categories is the idea of i don't even know if this is still a relevant way to say this but 
back when people used to use the Netflix uh, queue. Now it's called yeah. My List. But yeah. I used Netflix when it was a DVD rental service, so yeah. I still think yeah. of it as the queue. Uh, people's Netflix queue would fill, and it was sort of uh, um, revelatory for me to read. I read a blog post where somebody admitted to to this and saying it was a thing that's that happens a lot. It's very uh, um, um, prevalent. People's Netflix queue would fill up with documentaries, with movies like this, uh, and their continue watching would fill up with Friends in the Office. And I enjoy both of those shows, uh, The Mm -hmm. Office, a little bit more. But people would put the challenging things on their queue, on their list, and then they would watch the entertaining things. Yes. I'll say for I, us I'm we so like that. I'm totally one of those normies. I mean, like I yeah. I am too. I am too. And there's a reason that we called this a 2020 challenge and it's because we used to call the segment an, a Netflix challenge. Um as just a one of us challenge the other and then I just decided to outsource it to this poster and let this poster challenge us to watch these yeah. movies. Um I've said several times that because we keep shuffling the schedule around we have the movies that we were less likely to you know uh, um what's the word i'm looking for uh less enthusiastic about watching we, we trended, actually are forced to, to watch the, trended toward the, the bottom movies, right we're like right? <laughs> we're like oh we'll push this further down we'll put this in the netflix queue and we'll watch it later this tonight let's just watch indiana jones um right. Right. And, and now we're and, forced to watch those movies and so we're this. getting to and so that's my only argument in favor of like put everything together there's some like just really masterpiece stuff that's just entertainment there's stuff that's this was the you know this was the film that all of your favorite filmmakers watched when they were coming up and and then here's a film that you know exposes some some aspect of of life or something i don't know that's just yeah sort of it's a tough one to put in there i am i am glad that we watched it it is I, I like I really actually like your not your my list and the continue watching thing. That's that's really smart mm-hmm. thinking because that is this is definitely and you know that what that is. The reason I'm like that, and I've explained this a couple of times in the in the past, is that um a lot of times you'll you or our buddy Zahn or other people will give me recommendations of things to watch and I'm like, mm. Oh yeah, I wanna watch that, but I got I always say, I gotta be in the mood. Right. Right? For that's sure. what I always For say. Sure. It's like I, I want to watch it. It's on my it's on my Netflix list, but really, I look at it. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. I, I can't get into that mood right now. I can't get in the somber thinking mood. I need. I need. I'm most always in the. I need the serotonin boost, or I need the the happy happy <laughs> thoughts, um, or you know, I need Amy Poehler to to make me laugh. Right. Yeah. Those are the more pre- prevalent needs when I want to sit down and watch a watch a movie. Um, but this one is the. Uh, Definitely not one of those that I would just pull out. Right. So, okay. Right. Well, we got it in. We got it under our belt and uh, maybe are better people because of it. I, I can't even give that a pass or, or great. It's a, <laughs> that's one of the few ones we've given where we've not really come out on a thumbs up or thumbs down type thing. It's a thumbs middle-ish and we don't want to really even give it a middle-ish, right? Um, it's cause... it's tricky. I think I think for me, I would keep it in because of all the yeah. things I said earlier. It's It's difficult. Uh, okay, so what are, we didn't talk about this. But what's our what's our next on our list? Do we have a okay? So uh, we we have we're, one we're... more Indian film that I did not realize. Uh, well, we do. Okay, it's called Three Idiots. 
Um, it's oh, from man. 2009. I might have watched the beginning of this. It's it's a comedy, two, right? It's two hours fifty comedy drama. It says uh, two friends are searching for their long lost companion. They revisit their college days and recall the memories of their friend who inspired them to think differently, even as I the rest of the world this. called them idiots. Right. Is that on our list here? Man, I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel like if it's a comedy, we should pepper that in within some of those like super serious movies we've got left? Well, we just watched a super serious movie. And the one, <laughs> You're right. The one right. next should, on the list probably. is A Clockwork Orange. So I, I don't know anything uh, about that one. So It's it's another Kubrick. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we're really sweating through this. 20, you know, we were right in calling this 2020 challenge. It's just as challenging <laughs> to get some of these things through 2020 as it is. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's do that one, then. We're, we're going to go okay. three idiots. Maybe and and this is another three. long one, so maybe plan that out in your Plan that in your Man, we got we to gotta speak to those uh, Indian companies and get them Filmmakers. to make sure movies. I, I will say, going to American History X... Trim some History pages X, out of their script before, before <laughs> right. they start making Well, it. watching American History X, I knew it wasn't like a four-hour movie, and we just came off that four-hour movie um, with Lagan, and uh, it, it moved at such a brisk pace, it felt like, right? Like, I was moving from mm-hmm. the story into the next story, into the next plot line, into the next plot line, and then and it was over. I'm like, yeah, I got I got everything in like an hour and a half to two hours, right? It's pretty great. Yeah. I, I, and it, you know what? If I had not, if I had watched that before the four-hour movie, maybe I thought I would have had more critiques about it dragging in plot and points. Mm. But it, it did. I will. Hey, something I'm going to step back to a little bit. This is not spoilers or anything, but uh, something about American History X is it does do a whole lot of. Oh, you think this is going to happen? We're going to tease it for like five minutes and and set you up to get really nervous about what's going to happen. Mm. Right? We're going to, and then it doesn't happen, or something else happens. Right? They you also know, did a about those thing. Scenes. What's that? You know those scenes I'm talking about where like, ooh, a car comes around the corner. You're like, oh, this is going to happen right here. And then it Oh, yeah, yeah. The first then, act is just full of this of this low-level tension. Um, yeah, and maybe, they do that even at the, the, the last act, more act, right? The, the second act, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, you know, does, does get paid off. Uh, they also did a thing that I've only noticed in a couple of other movies. It probably happens a lot now. Um, but they made a very... Uh, drastic um uh visual style differentiation between the present and the flashbacks are oh, the black and white yeah yeah the flashbacks were in black and white right just a, yeah. a very yeah. fancy we, we didn't those that. two things we didn't mention but they kind of belong back in the movie thing but that's not spoilers and yeah they were there those two things are worth noting about the movie they're notable right yeah goodness yeah. so, so comedy, i um I don't know if there's really anything to say about this, but in case the event is still going on, uh, Gamefly is do- I'm talking about video games. Um, Gamefly is doing a pre-owned sale, right? There, uh, Gamefly is the Netflix of video games, um, which it's a weird thing Wait, to say because it's ne- the old Netflix of video. Yeah, games, Netflix right? is not like this anymore. But uh, you, it, it's a video game rental service. Uh, you subscribe for the month. You queue up games that you want they send them to you you play them you send them back you get the next one yeah like um, actually like a playstation now is more like a, a netflix of a video game sure like, sure that's where you you pay a thing rent it and then you get it for a little bit right yeah for a subscription fee for games right but yeah, they run sales the they run sales and their their sale now is especially good because the um the current console generation is on its way out 
within the mm-hmm. next year, year and a half. Less and yeah, yeah even months. less than that, pr- presumably. Um, and so I got uh, The Outer Worlds, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and Borderlands 3. All of all three of those, I've heard mostly good things about Outer Worlds, except that it's, you know, like a Fallout-style game, if not in theme, in, like, gameplay format. Um, all, all games that I had kind of a middling interest in. I also have not played my PlayStation in months. I loaned it to my brother, so um, there's that. There's that whole thing. But they were all under $20, right? Like $17, $18. And I'm like, well, oh man, that for that price. Speaking of games like that with with like good prices or, or games that, like you said, they're they're the ones you mentioned to me are kind of mid tier games, with maybe the exception of the Star Wars game. Um, there's a couple I should do like a little small recommendation sometime of the. I've got a whole bunch of PlayStation games, uh, a lot that were from the PlayStation monthly service, even that you get mm-hmm. every month, the free games. Uh, I'm using air quotes for free. Uh, that are actually really phenomenal. My, I might have mentioned on the, on the show a couple weeks ago, my power went out and my PlayStation almost got fried. Mm. Um, the hard drive had to be system reset and I lost all of my, uh, all data on my drive. Oh, uh, all your save data? Well, yes. Uh, everything. Like I, I could, all the installed want. games, everything. I had to reset the hard drive totally. Um, so it was, it's been, last weekend was, downloading all the games right? sure sure stuff which it did it took like four days to download all not all the games because i actually cherry picked what i wanted but yeah hmm. four days um well well for me that would have taken a month so <laughs> right, be, right. Because, it was it was a long time then, yeah. uh, now yeah. some things i a small review of that process just short would be that um, because i had playstation plus my saves for my account were all saved in the cloud so it was just oh. a time matter of downloading them back. Yeah, but, yeah. But I pay the PlayStation Plus for my PlayStation Network account for me mm-hmm. and my family and uh, our, which is on my, my accounts that are associated with my account, like mm-hmm. Sydney's, are um, able to access the games, but their cloud saves are not saved. Oh. So all of Sydney's stuff was gone. Um, and... Um, all of Lola, who, who's my, uh, my girlfriend's daughter, who's been here all summer, has been playing The Sims 4 a lot mm. and had old families and neighborhoods and stuff built up. Gone. Yeah. Completely gone. So that was pretty... They handled it like champs. But the one of the okay. biggest things besides The Sims was Sydney lost her. She was about three quarters through The Last of Us. And uh. that's gone. That's pretty terrible. Uh, so that's, you know, that's the review of there. It's kind of sad that you know, families can't get the cloud save thing, but <laughs> it, it is. Okay. So the, the, actually the whole point of that was that I, I was forced to kind of go through my 300 games in my games library and pick the ones that I, I found were interesting or that I would like to have it at a, at a load up immediately type situation. Um, and there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of these games that are similar to what uh, you would see on this, you know, this game sale that you're having that, that I thought that, mm-hmm. y- you know, would I buy them for 20 bucks? Would I buy them for 10 bucks, you know, type things? And there's a lot that are actually on the PlayStation Network or on Xbox Live. Um, uh, I think of like Tesla Grad, Dust, Elysium Tail, uh, Child of Light that nobody really knows about. But, oh, my God, there's some of the best games I've ever played on, mm. on the system. Um, Sydney loaded up. We saw and I got to see like Tesla Grad 
City Loaded, we saw that and like, oh my gosh, we forgot that we have this fantastic game that we just <laughs> totally missed because we move on to the next thing. Right. And she's playing through a Steam, was it, there's a, the Steam World Dig, Steam World Dig 2, things like right, that. Right, right. They're so good. Uh, and maybe something like a, a Gamefly sale is a good time to go and, and say, hey, these are good games. I'm not sure I would have paid $40, $60 for them when they came out. But uh, grab this. PlayStation Summer Sale is still happening hmm. at this time. And, and those are also times to pick up things like Mortal Kombat, I think, is $15, the newest Mortal Kombat. Uh, stuff like It's kind of like a... Uh, Black Friday, kind of similar you know, sure, PlayStation sure. Five coming. I don't, I don't even know. I, I'd like. To, I thought about when you talked about like this end of the thing coming out. Just report on some PlayStation Five news or Xbox One's news, but there's not a, still not a whole lot out there. They're they're very confident, still coming out occasionally, saying every other like three weeks or so, saying, "Yeah, we're definitely on launch for a holiday," but they're really just not. They're keeping low key on everything still, and I, I don't know why. Usually, but usually by now we know full specs. We know like a whole launch lineup that's coming. Everyone's ready to say like, "Yeah, I've got." Here's the new Final Fantasy coming out. But, sure, sure. Yeah, it's probably, you know, everything is weird in this time. I know uh, for Final Fantasy, Square Enix is putting out uh, this Avengers game. Which, boy, all all the news I hear is not about the game. It's about the art style or monetization (laughs) or who has what exclusives. And I'm like, that does not bode well. Um, Right. Well, I think some the worst, the thing with this whole news cycle issue is that we, we don't have the big uh, times like, uh, what was it? Um, Like PAX didn't happen. Right. um, Right. All the, didn't happen. The the closest we have to those big, um, those big conventions is, like virtual things which is just not you just can't get the same level of hype that yeah and they and their companies aren't by they're not biting that they're not going and presenting yeah. the new marvel avengers they're just like nah we'll just pass right right and and so so we're not getting a huge hands-on playstation because like let's say e3 would have typically in this past like playstation 4 life cycle e3 would have came out uh reviewers would have had hands on with the new PlayStation. Yeah, they could and have with played like four demos on the full on the floor and then, you know, write write articles about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing like with uh, the Blizzard. Like with if would would Blizz would we have seen a lot of information on Diablo four and stuff if there wasn't a BlizzCon last year? Right? Mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not. Right. But they feel that because they have an event that they have to present something to live people and get the news out now that they sure. don't and it's all virtual we just don't get news until launch day <laughs> or, or not launch day but maybe strategically at a different time it just yeah. feels weird i kind of want to be hyped up for some playstation stuff i um, did i did get an email about that avengers game but that's because i'm playing final fantasy I'm yeah it may, it may, i think you mentioning list. it made me go back and look at trailers which the yeah, other art style is not great but uh, you know it's, it's square enix that's just weird right you and i are kind of fans of of the company <laughs> at uh, least the at least the final fantasy division anyway. at least the final Fantasy, and and that's squarely centered on a japanese type game but here they are making what is kind of an american uh Property. franchise you know platform type thing so we'll also, see you, you, you said squarely that where i say squ- squ- square <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. 
So I have been watching with my my parents. They went uh, out to Idaho uh, the last couple weeks. They got back uh, last week, Wednesday, right before we recorded, or while we were recording, actually, because we were recording late last week. Um, My my brother, one of my brothers, and his family live out there. I'm sure I've mentioned that before. I've actually gone there and we and recorded from there one back in 17 when we were early on in this podcast we're almost up to three years doing this podcast can you believe almost that? man a couple a week or two yeah uh anyway mom and dad started watching this reality show and they're not reality show fans um what aside from aside from like we'll watch a show that is on netflix now called repair shop which is really great <laughs> okay. um it's we, we watch some of the English ones and the ones that are not competitive. Like if people are just house shopping or like with repair shop. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Right. They're like repairing antique old road show or type antique road show kind of, kind of stuff. Um, but they picked up this show and it's, it's another one of those. It's competitive, but not with, with not as much drama, it still has like whatever drama they can get from editing. Um, I'm bearing the lead here. The show is called <laughs> Alone. Oh, okay. It's like, where are you getting at there, Dennis? All right. Alone. Uh, I don't alone. know. I've not heard about it. What, what's the it's, premise? It's on the History Channel. I don't quite know why, but who knows what is on History Channel. I, I assume they're not still talking about aliens all the time, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, History Channel. The premise is they take 10 people, uh, they put them in the wilderness, and they are spread out. Like, spread out to the extent that uh, they do not interact. Um, They're separated by, like, water or mountain range or something like that. Like, um, this season that I've been watching with them is season two. They're up to, like, five or six, I think. Um, the contestants are on Vancouver Island, which I did not realize is basically a temperate rainforest. So it's, um, like coniferous, you know, pine trees and, and such, but it rains something like, they, they get something like 12 feet of rain a year on average. Jeez. It just so like Seattle. <laughs> it it's north of Seattle, yeah, outside of outside of Vancouver, and it's you know almost almost all the time raining. Um, but they have to survive, and there there are all these details. Like they get some gear provided to them, and then they can bring ten items. It reminds me a little bit of D anD D, like you <laughs> the, your starting items, your starting equipment. Um, yeah. they have to survive as long as they can. Um, and they have at least two cameras, GoPro style cameras, and they have to document everything they're doing. Um, you know, they'll have like a head cam or they'll have a, you know, one of those flexible tripods so they can set up and like talk to, and they, they do it. They do it all. Like they're by themselves. They have no camera crew, no support of any kind, except they do have satellite phones so that they can call when they're ready to tap out, as they say. Oh, okay. And uh, the last last person standing gets half a million dollars. So $500,000. Oh, okay. Cool. And so 
I don't quite know how the production works. I assume that they no, film isn't even doesn't seem like the right word for this, but they film a whole season, a whole, you know, challenge and then take all of that footage that the contestants generate and edit it together into the episodes of the show. Um, and so they'll switch between different people. They'll they'll tell you on the title cards, you know, which person and what day they're on. And you get this interesting sort of, um, um, like, not cross-section, but this this spread, this spectrum of, the, like, different personalities, right? The different people come from different backgrounds, different parts of the country. Well, well and some are Canadian. So, you know, different parts of the continent, I guess. Well, one guy's yeah. from Spain. So, I don't know. Whatever. Di- different parts of the world. Um, different ages. Mostly men, but some women. Um, And you see them try to survive, right? Like, try to build a shelter. And it's just, you know, the first day it's pouring rain. They do different locations in the different seasons, from what I'm told. Um, And then you'll get, like, there's there's wildlife. So they'll they'll run into bears. Um, There was one guy who had a lot of confidence going in. And then, you know, the... First first couple minutes, he saw bear droppings, and that sort of <laughs> spooked him. And he spent the rest of the day kind of paranoid, hearing noises in the woods, and he tapped out the first day. And we're like, wow, first day. But he just, once he got this idea in his head of there being bears, he couldn't he couldn't function like he he you know he tried to push through but just had this had this thing in the back of his head and then you'll have um people who just practically can't like they you know they're using nets and trying to catch fish because they need food right to to just survive and whatever they eat they have to like catch or trap like they can't bring guns so um, like sometimes they'll do bow and arrow. I don't think I've seen any of that in this season, but, um, sometimes people will fail for, for practical reasons, right? Like they just can't get enough to eat. Um, and they, you know, they start dramatically losing weight and stuff like that, or they'll solve all of those practical concerns. They'll have a really good shelter. They'll have the right things set up with mushrooms and fish and whatever to, to eat, to have enough food. They'll build up some kind of activity. There was a guy in this season who basically developed his own single-player board game, which was kind of funny. (laughs) Like, he carved dice out of wood and then had sets of two different colored stones and was playing football. But he's like, (laughs) we've we've got the two teams, and he's like, we'll roll to see if... uh, And then he would flip a coin, and the coin was like a slice of, of wood love like a log and he'd flip that and he'd like okay that that means they they run let's roll to see how many yards they get they get three yards so it's second and seven and he he (laughs) just because they're by themselves and so they'll they'll maybe work out all those practical concerns but now they have to deal with the psychological challenge of being without human contact for you know several weeks yeah, it's um, th- like a hundred days, right? Yeah. Well, it it goes it goes until there's only one. So like this guy with oh, the okay. with the dice and stuff, he made it. I think twenty two, twenty three days, which is over three weeks. Um, mm. 
And it's not like, you know, you think about that now, but I know like for you, you're an extrovert. Like, can you yeah, even, can you even nuts, imagine right? not talking to another human for three weeks? Oh, I'd be talking, I'd be talking to the trees, every right. squirrel that I could see. And right? like they do, you know, they're doing this filming. And so I'm like, does that help them talking to the camera kind of thing? Like just based on that, that aspect of it alone, like I think between the two of us, I would probably last longer than you would. I don't know. Sure. I don't know about the. I don't know about the woods survival stuff. That's a whole different, uh, a whole different metric. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And and like I said, because there are no people interacting, there's no like, there's no like catty drama or um, fighting, bickering kind of stuff like in The Bachelor and other, uh, you know, kind of group competition shows. But I mean, that, that you, sounds. I, I see that it's like uh, um, there are seven seasons to that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's closer to I've never really watched any of these, but you know, closer to like a Bear Grylls uh, uh kind of thing, but because there yeah, are no it's not like it's not like you you have to stay up and watch them all and like like you not like you have to burn through seven seasons like Agents of Shield or something, right? No, and the, I mean the seasons are are separate and like mom and dad like it a lot and so they'll watch a couple episodes in a row and then they're like, "Oh, we were going to, you know, the thing what?" And I'm like, "We can just start with the next episode like i don't need to see it you can give me a recap or i can just keep watching from here <laughs> like it's i don't necessarily need to know all the stuff that happened before um to see you know to appreciate what's happening now i i, I will uh it's it's funny it's really fortuitous that you brought this up is i just today watched the first episode of Net, uh, amazon's um eco challenge and that is something that I actually really enjoyed back when they used to have it. Have you heard of the Eco Challenge? Mm-mm. I don't know about this. It's, oh, it's okay. It's it's very similar to this show, but not. Um, and you mentioned Bear Grylls. It's hosted by Bear Grylls. Um, and it oh, is so it, about 10 years ago, they used to have regularly a, an Eco Challenge, and it's a race. This like is a real not race. the. This is not the Netflix Choose Your Own Adventure Bear Grylls. No. Thing. No, okay. no, 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 no. This is like a, so this is, I used to consider it call or call it the amazing race, but real. Okay. Um, so, uh, they, the, the, just the premise is that there are six, I, I'm going to, I'm close to these numbers, but not sure. Like there's 66 teams from 16 different countries. They're teams of four that have to have at least, uh, two genders to them. Um, and two different genders. And, uh, then it's it's a grueling i think they i think it's 35 day or no it's maybe it's just 10 day 10 day race through uh i think this this one happens to be on fiji and it's things like okay you're put into a like a skiff and everyone is has to go down 35 kilometers down this difficult river and then they go another 35 kilometers out to the open sea to a small island where they hit the second checkpoint and they're just rowing, right? Um, and then when you get on the second checkpoint, you are on this volcanic little island, and you have to—you're just given a map. And there's no modern technology, so there's no phones or GPS or anything. Mm-hmm. And you have to go. Your team has to navigate along a route through the forest bush up, up the side of a volcano, down into the volcanic area, up this side, and then all around this island and make it back to another checkpoint where they will go another. 
45 kilometers across open ocean. And it's all like real survival stuff, right? And a, and a race. Um, so th there's people who are, you know, it goes from professionals who do this kind of racing all the time to people this is their first time. Or sometimes there's even like a celebrity or two thrown in on one of the teams if they do it. Um, and, and they have eliminations. It's not like elimination challenge, but if you don't make the cutoff to checkpoint five by the top 20 or something, then your your team is eliminated. Oh, just mechanical elimination, not social. No, not democratic social. No, elimination. Like, yeah, you have the, the at checkpoint five by the end of day three or something, you have to have a medallion that you found. There's only 30 medallions, right? For mm. phase one or whatever. Sure. And if you don't get a medallion, you are eliminated. Right. And, and a lot of these, and it's done really well in that kind of, you know, a lot of these teams have stories. So you're, you're following sure. one team who's uh, this guy who looks to be in his sixties. He's done a lot of these eco races in the past and was in, in a team that was always a top contender. Uh, he was going to use that. He was going to do on that same team, but then he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm. So he, his son who has started to try to do eco races um, and survival races uh, was going to do his own separate team, but now they're racing together because it may be their last time to do it. Sure. Sure. Um, so, so there there's four of them and they kind of fought, you see where they're doing and you kind of have this like, Oh, how are they doing? And one lady is there. The team's made up of veterans and she has lost her hearing. So she's deaf in, in combat. Hmm. So they have to, when they're, they're making, this is like real life and death challenges. So they'll go through yeah. at night racing through like, okay, well this leg goes straight up the volcano through the jungle, 12 degree grade and it's dark. Do we continue on or go back? Right. Um, and, and they had to make a decision on that one in the first episode. Like, well, she can't read lips in the dark. And yeah, she's like, I don't you know what to do. And one dude who's like in the lead race was like, they were just, they're leaders and they're just powering through the, the row thing. And they didn't use their sails because they're just faster with it. And then they get to Fiji and they're on the walking part and he's super overheats and he's a professional racer guy, but he's just dealing with heat stroke. Right? Sure. And then he's, he drops down to 56 and their team is like, you know, you lose one person, the whole team's eliminated. So yeah. it, it was just one of those, it's a real race through real difficult terrain and real stuff like that's to me, that's way interesting. Yeah, right. it sounds similar, really like, cool. Similar to what you're talking about here with like survival four days, and you, it's kind of a, it's a competition, right? Um, and Bear Grylls is narrating the whole time, and he's part of the thing. He's going around in hel helicopters, and he'll mm. land, and he'll he'll kind of interview them as they're going, and they're rushing through, and he'd be like, "How come you didn't put up your sails?" We're like, "Well, we're we're going through really <laughs> fast, and we're doing all these." Like, don't you think you're going to lose some 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 protein or some energy from that? Like, oh, we'll be fine. And then he. Later on, it's like, we'll see how these people do. And later on, he'll remind you, like, they decided not to get their meals or their rest. And this is what happens. Like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. Except although I saw on the, on the next time's on, people have, like, gashes in their legs. And Ooh. You know, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look good. Like, one, guy, one team was like, we've got a medical doctor with us. That'll help us. She's a, a, a army combat medic, right? Sure, so, sure. You know, we... She knows how to wrap, wrap feet when they start to get super blistered or, hmm. you know, if we have issues, she, like, that's cool. You know? I'm really excited. I, I, it'll be, I'm going to watch Doom Patrol before I really get into that one. But and okay. this alone yeah. now looks kind of interesting to watch. So now I've got more things to watch. <laughs>
I, I dig those. Like you said, I dig those uh, reality things that are actual reality things. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, that we're talking about, you know, stuff to watch. Y you had linked uh, Comixology doing a sale. And oh, I know yes. I, I subscribed to Comixology Unlimited back, you know, a year plus ago Ugh, when I yeah. when I got the bigger iPad and was reading comics and I'm like I've been paying for that this whole time. It's not a lot, so I don't mind doing it. Right. It's definitely cheaper than right. buying comics individually. And I'm like mm -hmm. there's a whole comic series of Battlestar Galactica that I've never seen that's on Comicsology Unlimited. I could go read it right now. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm well, working your, your comment, I'm, we're almost we're that almost done the with the we're almost done with the house and you know, we're playing Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen now, and I'm trying to finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and watching a movie every week. I'm like, I don't have time to consume all this media. <laughs> Too much. Well, you're, I think your comment was something like, you know, oh, great. Thanks. I was doing productive at this point in the day, and now you linked the sale. It was the same thing. As soon as I hit that Comixology link, I'm like, oh, I should definitely buy all these comic books. Yeah, because it wasn't yeah. like okay. the, the Gamefly thing had like five pages with 20 games a page. And once you get past the first like three pages, it's all a bunch of stuff I've never heard of that I'm not going to pay $17 <laughs> right, right. for. The The comicsology yeah. thing was like, here's this category. I don't even remember what the category was. And it was like 460 some comics in that one category. Right. And I'm like, right. Uh, what is and, and they're not just like 10% off. They're like 50% off, 60% off. Right, right. Oh, I, I got into like... I hit the Transformers button. They were 368 comics mm -hmm. in that one. And, uh, you know, I'm always like, I'd like to, to, to read some Transformers comic books because I'm a big Transformer nerd. Uh, but I, I, I always am like, I'm no, but I don't want to pay $48 for a, or even $25 for a graphic novel, right? right Especially right. like four of them. But you know what? I'll pay six bucks. And several of the comics, the individual comics were a dollar. Um, right, and I can get right. like a whole the first ten for seven dollars. Like that's just so for great. for that, me. I yeah. was able to. I I am subscribed to um, Sex Criminals, so I get their issues when they come out. But yeah. um, I had something in my cart. I don't remember what it was, but I remembered that I bought like fifty some Star Trek comics in a humble bundle a few months ago. And if I want to read comics, I have those. And also mm -hmm. uh, just a plethora of comicsology stuff, which apparently I can download to my Kindle, which only matters if it's something in a smaller black and white form, fa form mm. factor like um, like manga. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm like I bought. Here's another I don't example. Need to buy something I uh, stuff. Here's another example of something I bought that I would never buy usually. That I saw several months ago. I saw um, He Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. Right. Okay. It's like it, it's a new it's a new launching of He-Man. Right. I see. Uh, and, and I'm like, OK, you know, He-Man is what it is back in the 80s. But like, hey, let's see if we can launch him with modern sensibilities and thinking and see if that's good. Right. And modern art. Uh, so I look at it when I'm in the comic book store and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to pay four fifty four dollars or five dollars for that, that comic book. Take a chance. Right. And, on it for six months. But you know what? I'll pay a dollar for it. And that's what, so I bought a, <laughs> I bought like two of those or something like it's, it's easy that I can do that on a comicsology thing. Um, and then if I like it, you know, then, then I'll subscribe or whatever it is. But yeah, comicsology sale. I, I don't know how long it'll go either, but uh, I think they have them regularly. Like, I think you may have linked something. Yeah. And, you, and you're right. That, the, the volumes and issues and stuff, most things were about 50% off. So uh, 
maybe check that out. Definitely worth it, especially for graphic novels. I mean, I don't blame, I, I think graphic novels are, which are the compilations usually of, you know, episodes or 10 magazines or something, you know, you, right. you buy them for 20 bucks and Trades. it is t- totally the way to, I think, modernly buy comic books is you don't need to buy them day of, buy 10 episodes for 20 bucks, which usually cost you $40, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And, and this, this, you can buy them for seven bucks. Of course. Cool, man. All right, we got lots going on this week. Next week, we're going to be watching uh, the a new Indian movie, The Three Idiots, and yep. uh, hopefully playing some more Final Fantasy, watching some Doom Patrol. What else are we doing? Oh, uh, I'm watching. I'm going to watch uh, start season two of uh, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. You want to watch a couple of those, maybe? Sure. Like, it, we'll, we'll say at least two, maybe three. Okay. At least got, we'll talk I've about got them. one last episode of Agents of Shield, so I'll watch this. In oh man, you are you are like is it the series finale you're going to watch? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Wait, you, next week you'll have to tell me about how you feel about it, the the series as a whole, without spoilers. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been a whole right? like. I was still living in Bloomington when that show started. It's one that's <laughs> been like a it's been a part of part, part of, of part of my life. I mean, so was Game of Thrones, but. Uh, I was I was more invested in that at least for most of it. Right. I, I I have I have avoided many reviews or talks or articles about the the season the series finale of that show. But I have seen from the titles like uh, Agents of Shield goes out on a great note that you know mm-hmm. the things like that. So that's the general feel I've gotten from titles of yeah this this last movies. season has big big last season energy. They're doing crazy stuff it's very self-aware i told our buddy fox who's just ahead of me and finishing it um that they are dancing over the line between uh good bad and bad bad but it's it's become (laughs) it's it's become almost campy but then we'll be kind of serious it's it's all over the place with tone but in a way that it's usually very funny and very fun but yeah i'll i'll I'll, I'll, I'll have more Go ahead. All I care about is whether is whether Coulson and May finally get together. Mm. Uh, remember, I'm like several seasons behind, so that may have already happened, or one of them died. So I don't even know yet. But I mean, Coulson died before the show started. So well, uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> that ship is Comic sailed. book dies, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. He went to Tahiti. That's right, but it's a magical place. It's a magical place. Well, you've been listening to cool, Front man. Porch. Uh, this is I said the wrong number last week. One fifty four. This is one fifty six. Uh, thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online, uh, their movie reviews podcast and uh, and a blog website with game and and, uh, and awesomeness b- board game TV show movie reviews. Uh, uh, check them out; they get good stuff. Um, if you like Star Trek, you can check out our other show. It is called Klingons and Dragons. It is a role playing podcast. It's not safe for work. We should have a new episode by the time this episode airs though we're in the home stretch of finishing the house so i might not have time for that but i'm gonna try yeah, if you I put a lot of i put a lot of screws to you already and now you're gonna do it in the house this week so <laughs> yeah yeah well it's i'll i'll have more details on that when it becomes reality i don't want to get into it here sure, um sure. if you want to reach out to us uh tell us your favorite um i don't know indian movies that that are not these three that we've that we've watched uh you can reach us via email frontporchpod at gmail.com is the address there 
Uh, you can also go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. Uh, there's contact forms and the schedule for the movies, all that stuff. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.